0: Good evening, church. Another Wednesday night. Uh, We're still in the midst of this pandemic. I hope you're doing well. Uh, If you need help, call the church office, call me, call the deacons. Uh, We're trying to be available to you. We're still trying to carry on ministry as best we can during the midst of this. uh, Keep yourself sequestered and safe. And um, we're going to look tonight briefly at uh, what I've entitled study out of 2 Timothy. And uh, so let's begin with a word of prayer. Father, we praise you for all that you're about in our lives. Even during the midst of this pandemic, you have not forsaken us. Uh, Lord, you have protected us. You have blessed us. And Father, we pray that all that's done and said will glorify the precious name of Jesus, that you illumine our hearts and minds with the power of your Holy Spirit through your word. And Father, let us be faithful doers of your word and not forgetful hearers. Guide us to your truth now, especially speak to those who may be watching this, who haven't Step forward to make a profession of faith publicly in Jesus Christ. Convict them about their need to do that very thing. It's in his name I pray. Amen. Uh, One of my first positions uh, uh, in a church uh, was a large church in Hot Springs. And I was in college. And uh, they had a bus ministry. And I helped the guy who was the head of the bus ministry. And on Saturdays, we would visit. And then on Sunday mornings, he would pick them up and bring them to church, get them in the appropriate place. And my job uh, after Sunday school was to make it down to the fellowship hall where all those kids that had been picked up who really didn't, quote unquote, know how to act in church, we'd have children's worship. And we'd provide them a little snack, because most of them have not had breakfast. And then we would begin. We had songs we had to sing. I had a little scripture message for them with some kind of illustration. Uh, And then on the fourth Sunday of each month, we'd go into, quote-unquote, big church. And they would hear the pastor present the gospel. And many of them were saved. It was a a good time for me to learn how to speak and how to try to keep people's attention. But one of the songs we sang was... uh, uh, about the Bible. It said, the B-I-B-L-E, yes, that's the book for me. I stand alone on the Word of God, the B-I-B-L-E. And uh, some folks loved it, some folks didn't, but it, it conveyed a truth that maybe we need to understand, is that in order for Christians to really grow spiritually, and to know Christ intimately, or more intimately, we have to study God's Word. See, Christians must study God's Word to grow spiritually and know Him more intimately. And so this passage in uh, 2 Timothy uh, is one you'll know. In verse 14 and 15, Paul speaking to Timothy says this, Remind them, in other words, those who are hearers, those that are Christians, those that are at church, those that listen to his teaching. Remind them of these things, charging them before the Lord not to strive at words to no profit, to the ruin of the hearers. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And I think his command there for Timothy and for us as followers of Christ is simply to study. Study. And so there's two or three things I wanted to say about that. First of all, we're to study the Scriptures. We're to study the Scriptures. Now, in my quiet time, in my devotional time, you know, there may be books that help me, may help you. There's nothing wrong with that. And maybe it's a certain uh, branch of of uh, a prayer that I need to study or improve upon or witnessing or something and those are all well and good but see first and foremost we have to make sure we're studying the scriptures no other book will take the place of this book baptists have long been called a people of the book Because of all the denominations out there, we're one of the few that has stayed close to the principles of the Word of God. I am a Baptist because of the way they interpret the Word of God. We need to understand that. But see, it says, study the Scriptures. In John 5, 39, Jesus said this, You search the Scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, and these are they which testify of me. You'll remember that when he was on the road to Emmaus with the two disciples who did not recognize him, he started at Moses and through all the prophets and showed how the scriptures testified about himself. Um, I'm currently starting a, a, a book that talks about Jesus in every book of the Bible, every book of the Old Testament. And some folks don't see that, but Spurgeon, the great preacher, said, I start at the text and I make a beeline for Jesus, because all this book, from beginning to end, is about the story of redemption, about God sending His Son, about God's great love for sinners like me and like you. And it's in this book we learn about our God. And we need to understand that Jesus said the Scriptures testify of Him. Nothing for a Christian replace a study of god's word if you want to be a strong christian if you want to have intimate fellowship if you want your prayer life to increase if you want to know how to witness if you want to learn how to live in this world we live in we must immerse ourselves in the word of god see we are to study the scriptures these books that help us study the scriptures are great but we need to check everything with the scriptures we should study the scriptures all right, and then I think we study theology also. Now, theology might be termed doctrine, all right, and some people have a bad connotation of that, but theology is really simply an organized thought process by where you study the scriptures. Okay, theology. If you want a theology of of salvation, you need to take all um, the passages. In the Bible, to talk about salvation. You read those, you study those, so you get a full round of view of what salvation really is. Um, The problem with many cults is, is they take Jesus out of salvation, and there is no salvation apart from Jesus. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. A proper theology understands it begins and ends with Jesus. And anyone whose theology is wrong about how to be saved in Jesus Christ is wrong about a lot of things. They've missed the whole point. So you have to study the doctrine of God. You see, the knowledge of God. In John chapter 17, verse 3, Jesus said this, And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. You see, the knowledge of God and Jesus said, This is eternal life that they may know you and the Son that you've sent see, eternal life is found in Jesus Christ. What we know about God is found in the Bible. I'm not saying we worship the Bible. We're not Bible idolaters or anything like that. But it's in here that we grow closer to God. It's in here that we learn the characters of God. It's in here that we learn the truths about God. That's why it says the Bible is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, uh, rightly dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. You need to understand that, that uh, the study of, of theology, of organized thoughts about God, and about who He is, is something all of us need to know to deepen our relationship with Him. You don't really have a relationship with somebody that you don't know. And too many Christians walk around ignorant of God because they're ignorant of the Bible. Now, ignorant is a, is a strong word. Maybe I should say they're biblically illiterate. Uh, that might not sound good either. But when over 200 Southern Baptists a week leave for the Mormon church, you know something's wrong. Either they were never saved or they're totally ignorant about what the Bible says. I've talked to some that have gone that way, and they say, but they're so nice, they're such good people. Well, there's lots of good people in the world, and I'm not going to deny that. But that doesn't change the fact that apart from Jesus, you can't be saved. And the Mormons don't worship the same God we do. They don't teach about the same Jesus that we find in the Bible. Neither does any other cult. They're always wrong about Jesus. And so you have to study the Scriptures. You have to have an organized... um, theology and and by that I mean everything needs to be taken in context you can take a verse here or a verse there and take it out of the context because context is supposed to rule when you study God's word what does it say before it and after it so you know what the context is you can take a context and make take it out of context and make the bible say most anything you want to So when you're dealing with people, always hear the verses they're saying, then study the Scriptures, the theology, the context, before and after, to know God. Uh, Wasn't it uh, Paul in, in, in Acts where he's run out of so many towns and he said the Bereans were more noble because they searched the Scriptures daily to see if these things that Paul said were so, and they discovered it was, it was from the Bible? Whether it's me or your favorite Sunday school teacher, your favorite radio or TV preacher, uh, your aunts, your uncles, whatever. Make sure that they're teaching you what the Word of God says, not just picking and choosing to get some point across. See, it needs to be in context. It needs to fit the rest of the Bible. That's what theology does. It makes everything a smoke flow smoothly whether it's about God or the Holy Spirit about Jesus about the doctrine of salvation sanctification glorification all a part of theology and so don't let doctrine or or uh, uh, turn you off all right um, you, you see he, he says to do these things all right. So you study scripture, you study it for the theology in it. You also can begin with somebody with the universe. And and that's not the ultimate thing, but, but it is a good place to start because we have so many that worship nature. They're out on the lakes, they're in the mountains, they, they're in this beautiful world that God has made for us. But the psalmist said in Psalm 19, 1, the heavens declare the glory of God in the firmament. For a minute, shows his handiwork. When you read the book of Romans, chapters one and two, it says they're without excuse because the invisible attributes of God have been revealed. In the visible. In other words, what they saw should teach them about a creator. It, it's general revelation. It's not specific revelation. Uh, it's a specific revelation it came into sharp focus in the person and work of Jesus. See, just looking at the world should convince us that there is a God, there is a creator right? And that he wanted to be known. That's why he made things the way he does. And so we need to understand that. And so if you get somebody that's just a big outdoor nut, I'm not saying go with them and worship some trees or some animals. But what I am saying is, how can you look at that sunset and not see that there's a God? How can you look at a, a newborn babe, you know, just had that granddaughter, and, and look how perfectly she was made and, and what she does, and, and you can see her personality starting to come out just a little bit? And how can you look at that perfect creation of God and not know there is a God? All right? I think you have to go beyond nature, but you can see God in it. Uh, I love to be outside. I love to listen to the birds when the sun's just coming up. Uh, They're full of praise. Uh, You can't convince me that that beautiful singing they do is not praising God for taking care of them. Uh, I I like to go that God is still God. Even in the midst of this pandemic, He's still God. But it's as we study His Word, as as we gather our theology, again, from the Word, that we see God's hand working. Whatever this invisible foe is, however they're calling it, the COVID-19, whatever. uh, The invisible hand of God is still protecting us, or it would be a lot worse than it is. Uh, We need to pray that he, he still protects us. We need to praise him for he has that protective nature. That he's that kind of God that he watches out for his children. We need to be praying for those Christians around the world that we won't meet this side of heaven. We need to pray for our missionaries and we pray for those that are in harm's way. The doctors, the nurses, the soldiers, the policemen, the firemen, the first responders. Simply because God's word tells us to pray for those in authority. And when you look at the Old Testament, a lot of times God said you pray for your people. As Samuel said, he wouldn't cease to pray for the Israelites, even though he had sinned, because that'd be a sin for him. So we gather into God according to his word, according to what he wants us to do. And then he, he says, Study doctrine. Okay? Uh, study, study doctrine. Okay? In four thirteen he said, remind them of these things what things? All the things Paul had been teaching him about Jesus. All the things Paul taught him about how the church was to function. All the things God taught him about these false teachers and how they were wrong. All right? And he says, remind them of these things, charging them before the Lord. In other words, he charged them. He says, not to strive about words to no profit. In other words, you can argue with somebody that that is a false teacher, and and you better have your arguments based on the Bible. You better have your arguments based on the Holy Spirit leading you. You better be sure that that's what you're supposed to do, or they will confuse you. But he says, you charge them to remember the words and not to argue about things that are to no profit. And then he goes on and said, to the ruin of the hearers. See, that's what doctrine is supposed to do, is keep us from being ruined. Ruin is a Greek word, and it means to overturn or to overthrow. He said, some of these folks have been overturned. Their faith had been overthrown. Uh, a lot of them didn't have real faith. They just went through the motions. And then when they're confronted with a false teaching because they hadn't studied, because they didn't have the Holy Spirit teaching them, they're overthrown. They follow after that. They give up on the truth. You need to understand, it only appears one other time, that word ruin in the New Testament. That's in Second 2 Peter 2.6. And the context is, that it's talking about The overthrow, the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. You see, when you don't know true doctrine, when your theology is wrong because you have not studied the Scripture correctly, when that is wrong, everything is wrong, and it leads to ruin. It leads to spiritual catastrophe. Doctrine is always something we need to be interested in. Doctrine is always something we need to be studying through the Bible. Doctrine is always something that grounds us in the faith, so we're not like James said, that we're not waves tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine. That we know what the Bible says, and that's what we hold to. All right? And I think that, that we need to, to do that, to give our attention to doctrine. And that means when we have special studies here at the church, beyond Sunday school, you're going to learn some doctrine there. Uh, Beyond our worship services, uh, you know, in the youth program, Brother Galen is very heavy about doctrine. Uh, We even try to incorporate a lot of it in our our camps that we go to. In the children's program, they learn about Jesus. But, But, you know, for you adults, whether it's men or women, don't shy away from things that teach just simply about God and who He is. The doctrine... You know, I get too many. Oh, I don't like that. It's too heavy. It's too. Bo-. It's not boring. You learn who God is, and you have a deeper walk with Him. The more we understand Him, the deeper our intimacy. See, if we abide with Him, and He abides with us, and and we obey Him, and we keep His word, He said He would reveal Himself to us, and then He goes on and says He'll pitch His tent with us. Do we understand that? Don't 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 back away and just. Just go for what? Now, I'm going to say something that might upset some folks. Don't go for just the feel-good stuff, the fluffy stuff. Well, you don't understand my life. I'm unhappy here and I'm unhappy there. Well, the feel-good stuff is not going to satisfy the ache in our souls. Only as we know God more and more and learn His Word. And learn the intimacy that he wants to have with us. How much did he love us to send his only son to die on a cross in my place and your place? That's the beginning point of understanding that. That is salvation. And then we grow spiritually as we study the word. Don't be afraid of doctrine doctrine should be exciting to learn who our God is and how powerful he is and how he's the creator, the sustainer, okay, of the universe, how he's going to win victory in the end. He's going to bring it all to a close. And if we're with him, we're with him, okay? And those that are truly saved persevere to the end. Then goes on and say, study yourself. Now, what do I mean? You see, he, he says in these verses, be diligent to present yourself approved of God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And then in 1 Timothy uh, chapter 4, uh, verse 13, he says, till I come, give attention to the reading, and that's of scripture, to exhortation, And to doctrine. Exhortation means to encourage. It means if you have to. To confront somebody. It means uh, to come alongside. And help them understand. But he said. He said. Give attention to the reading. In the early church. They would stand. And they would read. The word of God. The Old Testament they had. As the books became available. They were written by the apostles. They would send those. To the different churches. And as Paul said. Read. Read. See. And so they would study. The scriptures together. And then To doctrine to who Jesus really was. There are so many people trying to fool them saying that the resurrection had already come or that there was other ways that Jesus really wasn't raised from the dead or that, that he was just a spirit and he wasn't physical because all physical is evil. That was the Gnostic doctrine. And he said, no, give attention to the doctrine. Give attention to that. But he also says to meditate on these things, to give yourselves entirely to them, that your progress may be evident to all. And he says be diligent to present yourself approved to God. A worker that does not need to be ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth. Do we understand that that when we stutter ourselves. We, we need to ask ourselves some hard questions. All of us. Am I more more mature as a Christian this year than last year, or this month than last month, has my growth sort of plateaued or declined? When was the last time I really heard God reveal Himself to me from His Word in such a way that it just was a joyful thing in my heart or a fearful thing because I had messed up and and I needed to repent, but praise God He gave me that, that Word to bring repentance to my life. When was the last time that we knew for sure the Holy Spirit was directing us to be involved in a ministry or to witness to somebody? When was the last time that, that uh, we thought about the kingdom of God in our area through our church that God has us to impact the community? So many ministries that we already do, so many that probably need to be either expanded or started anew to really reach our neighborhood for Christ. And it comes through studying ourselves. In other words, we need to ask, where am I spiritually? Spiritually alive, spiritually on fire, spiritually dead? Uh, What am I involved in that God's Word would have me to forsake? What am I not involved in that God's Word would have me to start? What is God telling me? Am I writing it down? I give the outline so people can follow along. It distracts some people so they don't, they don't write anything down. That's fine. But there's times when if I don't write it down, I don't remember. And some need to be doing their Bible journaling where you read your Bible and God speaks to you and you write down what he spoke and you dated it. But after that, you go back and meditate on what he said and what actions does that require for me to obey? And if I don't write it down, oh, it feels good today, but tomorrow it's something else news got my attention. Maybe you're not as scatterbrained as I am, but writing it down is a part of studying yourself. Okay. Um, When Alan Ballard was here, one of the things he did the most that I admired the most was the first couple of weeks of the new year, he would go back to where he had journaled. He'd find that which was highlighted the most, and he would read the things that God wanted him to do or that God had instructed them, and he would see if he had followed up on them. He would do that on a quarterly basis, but he wanted to make sure at the end of the year that the real highlights of what God thought were important were built into his life, and if they weren't, he would try to start that in the new year. It was always good to have goals. If I can just accomplish two or three, I'm happy, but When it comes to God's Word, we need to study. The B-I-B-L-E, it's the book for me. I stand alone on the Word of God, the B-I-B-L-E. And so, do we do that? Not doing that can lead to ruin. Jesus said he compared a man who did these and obeyed these words of him to a man who built his house on a foundation, and when the winds came and the floods came and beat on that house, it stood because it's foundation, was solid. The words of God were built into it. And the foolish man built his house not on a foundation, but just on sand. Something that changed. Something that shifted. In our world, that would be whatever the political climate is. Whatever is politically appropriate. Whatever advice we get from the lost. Whatever advice we get from just people who don't really have an idea of what's really wisdom is. It's not godly wisdom. If we build our house on that, Jesus said that, and ignored his words, that the storms of life would come, the wind would blow, the rain would fall, the floods would come, and the house would collapse. He said, great was the ruin of it. And remember, ruin means hopelessness. So, study your Bible. Now, I'm just going to pause and give you some hints. Start with something Simple. But make it a certain time every day. It's your appointment with God. Don't let anything interfere with it. Make it, if you can, in the same place every day. This is your private prayer closet. Thirdly, uh, so you start at the same time. You start in the same place. Get your Bible out. As you pray, read your Bible. Let God instruct you. If you don't know, get a good devotion book. They'll do it. You need to pray and study, and you'll go from four or five minutes to 15 or 20 minutes to an hour before you know it because it's comfortable to you. But if you don't ever start, it's not comfortable. It works like learning to handle different tools. My father-in-law could build anything because he had worked so long that you could see his hands as he playing boards with a planer or as he, as he drilled and inset screws and built fine furniture and it looked beautiful. But see, he didn't just learn those. They weren't just... And there he was. It had been years and years of practicing with each tool. This is our tool. And the more we handle it, the more comfortable we are, and the more expert we are, and the more it shows up in our lives, and the more we have something to give people who really need spiritual help. So make your commitment to study. Because as you study God's Word, you'll grow spiritually, and you'll experience Him and know Him more intimately. Father God, let your word go forth. Help us all to have that desire to study your word. Speak to us from the power of your word. Lord, let your will be done in our lives. In Christ's name, amen.